Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening the 100-year-old man who climbed out the window and disappeared, Night Moves, The Silence of the Lambs, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Hundred-Foot Journey, Boyhood, and more. On October 28th, James White launches his new book, Down by the Sea, at the E-Bar, and the Mellegrove Band play a Halloween show at the E-Bar on October 31st. The Bookshelf is an independently-owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph, for more information about their hours, listings, blogs, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. Creative Control with Beach Comic. Hey, I just got back from Halifax, Nova Scotia, where I was at the Halifax Pop Explosion. I'd like to thank... All of the organizers and the people there who made my stay so welcome and they made the trip so possible. Thank you for inviting me to come. I had a great time. Exhausting time. I recorded, I believe, I haven't listened back to all of them. I don't know if they all worked, but I believe I have seven episodes of this show that I recorded over four days with lots of people. I'll be playing them over the next few months, depending on topical things. You know, if the artist is touring or if they got a record coming out or whatever, I'll be playing these episodes. And the very first interview I recorded directly after landing. I landed in Halifax and was taken straight to see Lights. Now, Lights is an artist whose work I'm not super familiar with, but I met her at the Polaris Music Prize Gala where I was working this past September. I was hosting the backstage sort of broadcast for Ox TV, and when artists were done performing, they would come and see me, and we would have little chats. And Shad... Shad was nominated, and he was performing the songs from his new album, one of which is a collaboration with Lights. So she was there, and she came and she came with Shad, and we had a nice conversation. She seemed pleasant. I thought, when I saw that she was playing the Pop Explosion, I thought, why don't I see if I can have Lights on the show? So the first person I contacted to coordinate this interview was her manager, Gian Gomeshi. Now, you may know Gian as the host of Q on CBC Radio 1, well, you might also have heard that he is now embroiled in this terrible scandal. Um, he has been fired from the show. This all happened, as, as I say, I plan to, for topical 
uh, time-sensitive reasons, I plan to post this Lights episode first this week uh, because she talks about a, a, a fundraising awareness campaign that she's involved in called Pinktober, and it takes place in October, and we're almost out of October, so I thought I would help, you know, plug this thing while it's still relatively topical. And then on Sunday, this whole thing unfolded where Jian, her manager, uh, was fired and embroiled in this scandal for um, alleged sexual abuse, and it got very strange and surreal, and everybody's talking about it. Now, I just am saying this because I don't want you to feel that I was like, ha-ha, I got a lights interview. Uh, and we, and in the interview, we talk about Gian, and she talks about how much he has meant to her in her career. I mean, she he discovered her, essentially, and, and was is, is her manager. But I wasn't, I'm not trying to, um, you know, take advantage of the situation. It's just the way time-wise how things worked out. I'm gonna, we're gonna hear from Lights. And we talk about Xi'an. And it's strange on some level. However, it's someone saying that uh, she appreciates him and, uh, and values his opinions and on all that stuff. So, whatever your opinion of Xi'an, I hope, Xi'an uh, Gomeshi, I hope you'll listen to this episode of Lights, particularly if you're a fan of Lights. I think she's. we, we had an interesting short chat. We were only afforded about 20 minutes based on her schedule, and I was late coming from the airport. So that's all we had, but I I thought it was okay. And you're going to hear a song from her latest album, Little Machines. So, very impromptu conversation with lights. Uh, I only found out the morning I was leaving Guelph for Halifax that the interview was even happening. I was sent her album that morning. I had very little time to spend with it. Turns out the sequence was wrong, as she pointed out, and so that even comes up. You'll see. Otherwise... I think it was a good chat. So here it is, myself and Lights talking about Little Machines and other stuff too. If you enjoy the Creative Control podcast and want to support it with a monthly pledge, please visit patreon.com slash creative control. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash creative control with two K's. You can pledge $1 a month or $4, $8, $30, $50, $100 a month, whatever you want. There are gifts and incentives to pledge, but more than anything, you can keep the show going. There's no other revenue stream for this podcast. I've been doing it for my own fulfillment and to contribute something to the culture but I think it's time to see if I can generate some kind of salary from all of this work. So, if you appreciate Creative Control, again, please consider pledging a monthly amount. All of the info you need is at patreon.com slash creative control. Thank you. song I will sing to you when you're old and tired I will sing it to remind you that I'm old beside you and if you're tired of hearing my voice I'm gonna sing it to you anyway cause I know that if we made it this far those differences have been put away and 
So the last time you and I saw each other was uh, in Toronto. Yeah, Polaris Prize. Polaris Music yeah. Prize. You were very nice to come and talk to me. Of course. Thank you, you for You were doing wonderful this. to talk to. <laughs> <laughs> you collaborated with Shad that night. Yeah, yeah. Very last minutely. Well, yeah, what was that about again? How did that work? Well, he just, you know, he hit me up at maybe 3 or 4 p.m. that afternoon and was like, hey, want to join me for my performance at the Polaris Prize? And I was like, ah, oh, we've never done this song before. Right live before I mean we, we I, I was a singer on it but you know we never did it live and we've had a couple opportunities but we never actually did it right so I was like let's try it you did it yeah now I have a couple of questions uh, about this thing first of all um I don't have you been to that thing before that no that was my first I don't know how I, I can't figure out how critics uh like how what your relationship is like with critics in this country I don't really know either <laughs> you know it's, it's kind of funny I, I land I feel like I land in a weird spot um in terms of genre or what's this and what's that, you know, because I'm not um, quite pop enough to be pop mm-hmm. and I'm not quite indie enough to be indie. And I don't know where I sit sometimes, you know, I feel like sometimes I'll fall between the cracks. Yeah. But it's kind of cool because we've developed this little niche audience and the fans are super tight, you know, everyone's got this cool unit. You call it an army. Lights Army. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, the critics don't really. I mean, does that bother you that they're not paying as much attention to you? Well, you know, I think that um, it's a little like something. Of course, you want recognition from your peers and the people that you respect, you know. But I I have learned you just got to make the record that you're most proud of and and that you think is cool. And I I think that my records are cool, you know, (laughs) so I think that's all that matters. It was a big deal to everyone that you were there. Like there was was really cool to be there to me. Like, you know, you were in the lion's den of all these critics or whatever. But everyone was kind of like, oh, Lights is here. Like, it seemed like a, like a superstar was there. What? Come on. That's Th- awesome. That's just the vibe I got from people like, oh, wow, we didn't know Lights was here. That's a big deal. Aww. So So that led me to think like, oh, well, maybe are critics being snobby about not... I, I'm sure that there's some of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think that they're not sure um, if it's cool to like me because I'm a female solo pop singer. Right. And And that in itself is not cool enough sometimes. But I mean... That all that aside, I'm still a musician and I still write my songs. And yeah, yeah. I am very involved in everything that happens, and I just happen to make pop music. You know? Yeah, I love pop music. I mean, I've seen you play at the Hillside Festival, and I've heard your songs here and there. I honestly like, I hadn't paid that much attention. I don't know why. Is this my fault? It's one of the same re- yeah. one of the same things. You know what I mean? Like, it's just on on first glance, I think a lot of people just I'm not a band. You yes. know, I mean, that said, we I have had the same band with me for eight years and they're amazing. Yeah. So we operate like a band. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just I think first impressions when people don't think it's something they're going to like, but it might be. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just might be. So you work with my good friend Shad on this he's amazing. song. Yeah, he has he's, nice things to say about you too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he's a good man. I like <laughs> that Shad. I was thinking about your trajectory because you've collaborated with lots of different people from yeah. lots of different music, musical genres. And I'm just curious what draws you to do that. I, I mean, I think that your own music seems quite eclectic as well. Mm-hmm. Is it important for you to kind of, you know, work in different realms? Yeah, I 100%. I don't think it would be as fun to do work with someone who's the same as me. Right. You know, I mean, that would be, you kind of know what would come out of that. 
Yeah, you know? yeah. And that's not really a stretch. But I've done stuff on metal music and, and rap and you name it, like lots of different genres. And I think it's, it's, it's super fun. It's just a nice change. And, and so when you, does that stem from something growing up? Like did you, were you were a really open-ended music listener or did, were yeah. you? Yeah. Well, I mean, I tried so many different genres before I really settled into the one that you currently know. <laughs> and um, like I was in a metal band actually growing up and I right. uh, tried like piano rock and R&B and acoustic, just tried a bit of everything until I think that's what it takes sometimes to really find out your pocket. And um, so that said, I, I think I, I listened to a lot of things growing up, especially my dad's a huge music fan. So I was raised on like Supertramp and Yellow and the mm -hmm. Beatles and mm -hmm. you have this sort of classic taste that is never going to go away. So, so those yeah. are the first things you heard, basically? You remember first things hearing? I heard was were probably the Beatles and Supertramp. Supertramp is one of the first records I sat down and dissected with my dad, and it was quite an experience. <laughs> <laughs> Even in the quietest moments, it was like, whoa, that's a good record. So fairly ambitious pop music, like hard to pin down pop music. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. What was your I'll take pride in that. <laughs> are, you, are, are you from Timmins? Born there, but only spent a couple months living there. Because you moved all around, right? You lived all over the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, Spent a good chunk of my youth in North Bay, North, North Bay, Bay, Ontario. Ontario. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and moved around a bunch. Uh, was actually a daughter of missionary parents. Yes. So spent some time in Jamaica and the Philippines. And then moved back to Ontario, moved around Ontario, then moved out west, and then moved back to Toronto when I was 18 to um, kind of focus on music and... So in all of those travels, were you were you cognizant enough or, you know, kind of were you conscious of the music in those areas or was it just whatever you brought with you you were listening to? It's, it's a good question. I think not to the degree, degree that you'd think. I, I, I don't have this huge repertoire of Filipino music that I listen to, <laughs> but um, I do recall some of the artists that were from there and I can sing a couple of things in Tagalog. But <laughs> right, right. But I think ultimately I was just kind of listening to what my parents exposed me to at the time because that's who was around me and I didn't have internet or anything like that. But you had a good supportive upbringing, like they were encouraging you? Oh yeah, we, yeah. there was always music. And because we moved so much, I was homeschooled. So music was always one of the things that we did. And you know, I learned guitar and we had songwriting and we had singing, we had to learn lyrics and we had to get, we, they would film us singing and uh, reciting poetry and things like that. And, right. and that was kind of fun. I always looked forward to that kind of thing because it's a different kind of work than the other stuff obviously no way what's the other stuff exactly math and science <laughs> and those great things that didn't play into my career as much <laughs> did you end up going to did you finish high school did you go to yeah i finished high school with pretty good grades i focused really hard but um never i got a couple of scholarships but by then i was full force yeah doing yeah music you know i had already been working with gian my manager for years by the time i graduated so um at that point i just did, went into music, you, you went, went into, into touring, yeah, yeah, and uh, took some actually took some post secondary courses while I was on tour. Took some like computer sciences and oh really? Yeah, just to experience That's it. That's smart. I wish I'd done that. It's, I'm, it's I'm just cool. floundering about. <laughs> I have no set skills, you know. All I do is talk to people all the time. To be honest, I don't remember much from them, unfortunately. <laughs> it was a good experience when I was doing it. <laughs> okay, so music uh, was. It sounds like your parents were a huge influence, and then you say Gian. Gian kind of discovered you. That's the story. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he's played hugely into my career. I mean, I met him when I was fifteen. And how um, did you connect? Such a weird story, actually. Um, I'm sure you've told it a billion times. No, you know what? Surprisingly, it, it's not um, something I always say because it's the longest story ever. Go ahead. Aside I'm from having worked with him since I was 15. But basically, <laughs> I was in a Walmart ad when I was 15. Um, my mom oh. worked at Walmart. So it was like a call to all family and friends of Walmart employees uh, to be in the flyer. So I've sent him a photo of me with the guitar because I'd been, you know, 
I bought a little eight track when I was 13. And it was all it, my identity was wrapped up in creating music. So you're just like a catalog kid kind of like, well, and it was just a one-off thing. It was flyer. like, Oh yeah. yeah, I'll be in the flyer. This is going to be so cool. Cause my mom worked there. So, um, went to the shoot and Paul Venois, the makeup artist hmm. was like, you know, do you actually sing? I saw that you sent in a photo of you with the guitar and I'm like, hell yeah, I sing, you know, <laughs> I have a five song EP that I've been working on, you know, just like stuff that I just was, everything I knew I loved music Wait so a minute. how old were you at this point 15 you were 15 okay. yeah so he said why don't you sing for us so I, I got up in front of the trailer and sang for them of course taking every opportunity even if it's one that's completely unrelated right <laughs> um, and then he kind of let left the trailer and I was just like alright and proceeded to get my eyebrows plucked and it was horrible it was the first time he just like stormed out of the trailer he stormed out of the trailer I didn't know what was going on so I was a little bit like, oh, was it that bad? I don't know. I was singing Hero by Mariah Carey. Let's be real. That's a good song. <laughs> um, and uh, he, I guess he ended up, it's one of those moments that happens in movies and, and it's weird, but he left to call Gian, who's a friend of his. Oh. And so you got to hear this girl who's in this super small town and Gian happened to be coming through. He was doing his solo music at the time and he happened to be coming through for Folk Festival and I was living in Owen Sound area at the time. So I went to, I remember the day that I went into his, his hotel room and played some songs. My, my dad was with me and... Um, he was just like, I want to help you make your music widely heard. In and that moment, right away. In that moment. And wow. within a few months, he we had signed a management contract. He put up some money to pay for the first demo, like official demos that I made. And we started to shop it. And I mean, and it didn't, nothing ever really happened. It was a lot of development for a number of years after that. But he was there from the very beginning. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I said, I didn't know this. Someone, I we're in Halifax. So I got a transport guy, took yeah. me, brought me over to you here. And he was like, someone was in the car was saying like, yeah, he found her on YouTube or something. That's oh, YouTube didn't exist then. <laughs> I'm telling you, that would have been nice. <laughs> but it was actually a Walmart. Well, the, the most unrelated scenario, right? <laughs> it's so bizarre. And I mean, even to this day, um, he's the one I send songs to first. Yeah. With this record especially, um, I was zeroing in on just writing. I was just focusing on writing because, you know, I was facing a bit of writer's block and um, yeah. was a bit confused about the direction I wanted to go in for a while. So... I just was writing, just writing and writing and writing. I ended up writing 43 songs for the record. Really? Yeah, and um, every single song, he was the only one I sent them to, and it was either him writing back, you know, encouraging feedback or constructive criticism, or this is amazing, whether it was something I noticed or not. Hmm. So he's been a creative confidant for years. Do you have any sense now, stepping away from it, why you might have had some... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Kind of block? I think it's all self-inflicted pressure. I mean... Uh from wanting to one-up yourself every time you make a record to uh, what you think your fans expect, to what you think your label expects, to what numbers you think you should be doing. It's those kind of things that are super 
crippling creatively and it's ridiculous that an artist even has to process all that stuff now yeah it's it's try it's not something that should be thought about so i had to really kind of throw that off to move on from it huh and and so you whittled the 43 songs down to to 11 well 11 11 on the record and there's three bonus tracks so yeah and and, and, okay so I'm trying to get. I, I read some stuff that you said about this record. You talk about how you, for you it was it had it stems from some nostalgia. Yeah. But then I was also the the first track on the record is don't what is it? Um. Well, the first <laughs> track's Portal. The last one's called Don't Go Home Without Me. Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened on my. <laughs> Maybe it's backwards. <laughs> they sent it. They, they sent it to me. It was all weird. Okay. So the the track uh, Don't Go Home Without Me. Yeah. That to me is about the future, really, isn't it? It, it's very, very much looking forward, yeah. You're looking forward. It's not nostalgia. So where, where, you were just at this point in your life where you were looking temporarily yeah, throughout everything. Yeah, a lot of the, well, <laughs> I guess that's true. And then that kind of became what the record was about is just thinking about where I am now and, and what is going to make me enjoy these moments the most that I'm experiencing. Because I had a daughter earlier this year. Yeah. Had a baby in February. And, and that in itself has caused me to look at that too. Look at yeah. where you are now and, and how can you make this moment last as long as possible. And um, I did a lot of sort of introspective thinking for the course of writing for this album. And a lot of it came to that desire to look at things like you used to when you were a kid, that overly imaginative sense of creation and, and I don't know, fun. Everything was so much more exciting. And there's a song, Running With The Boys, that's about that. I mean, it's all about being kids and thinking you were kings and captains and had ranks in your societies. I mean, we had a a forest town called Scrawny Town when we went to our camp and I was the vice president and we had an (laughs) anthem and everything. And it's just those kind of things made childhood so fun. That's a thing that happened to me. Like I got a kid, he's three. How old is is your your daughter? Eight months. Eight months. That's amazing. Well, and and what happened is, and it sounds like you're already experiencing it. You end up sort of reliving life a little bit. Totally. I feel like younger than ever. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. And I'm like, just enjoying those stupid little things yeah. and, and cutting the fat in terms of things that stress you out. Yeah. And that's what, yeah, that's what the record became about. And, and don't come without me, which is more of a forward looking song is kind of about, I just want this love to last forever. And, and this, this moment, you know? Yeah. And little machines, what is the sort of idea of little machines? It, it throws back a bit to when we were kids and we were huh. like endless sources of energy, like little machines. I always refer to that sort of never ending wanting to go out and play and and see things and and experience things as like you did, you're just a little machine you know just endless but also i think it refers a lot to the the gear that we use on this record i mean we use a lot of cool little synths and um there's this little thing called uh it's a little circuit synth that almost looks like you could find it in a cereal box it comes in all these little parts it's called uh, little bits i think uh-huh. and um it created a lot of the ambient atmosphere in some of the songs which gave it you don't really notice it there but it's it creates a feel in a lot of the a lot of the music not and not to mention the all the countless um hard synths we use that brought this sort of new wave vibe into it that creates what i call a classic electronic sound that i think we captured on this record <laughs> i think it's really cool it is a very um, ambient record there's a lot of interesting sounds on it i, I can totally hear that and uh, isn't your you slap your belly, your pregnant belly at yeah, some point, Yeah, right? that's the beat in Portal, right. one of the more cinematic... Which is the first song? That is the first, yeah, it might be the last on yours. I don't know what's <laughs> going on. I'll show you my iTunes after, but they sent me the record, like, today, and I was like, oh, thank you, and then yeah. I... That's why I'm a little fuzzy on stuff. Well, yeah. no worries, no worries if yeah. you just heard it today. That's, yeah. that's pretty cool you remember <laughs> No, that. I listened to it, like, four or five times today on the trip over. Oh, and, cool, uh, yeah, right yeah. on. Yeah, anyway, so, um, yeah, what's the deal? Your kid sort of is on the record, sort of... Yeah, well, you know, everyone's done the whole, oh, heartbeat thing. 
thing, you know. Yeah. I'll put the baby's ultrasound heartbeat on it. You know, great, whatever. <laughs> you have to be careful, right? <laughs> when you have a kid and you're an artist like yourself, you got to be careful because you want to incorporate them into your work. Yeah, but you don't want to be cliche. No, or exploit. You know, you don't want to. Well, exploit yeah, them. exactly. Yeah. There's that. I mean, there's not much you can exploit when they're in utero. I mean, what else? <laughs> no, but I mean, I think sometimes, like even I, you know, when you're posting a photo or yeah. something, your kid says on Facebook or something. That's true. You're starting to be like, am I leveraging my kid? Yeah, am, is my kid marketing? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Am I trying to get likes? Like, is, who, who's getting likes? Yeah. My kid or me at it's, this point? It's true. It's yeah. true. I can't tell if it's if it's like a braggy thing or like uh, self, I don't know, trying to get people to be proud of you. But either way. You've been quite open, though, with your child. Yeah, I wasn't stuff. sure of what, what route I wanted to go in terms of that. But I've just been playing it by day. And I think she's pretty to. cute. I can't. Like, yeah, yeah, you can't set any like every every goal or standard that I set for myself no going into parenthood i've completely blown out of the water like you can't right plan anything no you can't no, That's you really it. can't yeah the worst thing you can do is plan stuff i know and i've really learned go. that I, yeah. i've always like over the course of my life I've, I've always been notoriously not good with change and my parents have always made fun of me because if something spontaneous comes up i can't handle it very well so that's something i'm really working on and especially having a kid it's like you can't you can't cling to no. solid anything solid you just have to go with it i think it's pretty amazing and your kid's out on tour with you right yeah she's in the bus right now <laughs> <laughs> i think that's good i mean uh, you, awesome. you're able to kind of amalgamate your professional life with your personal life it's pretty cool i mean that's ultimately what i've decided over the past number of years is there is no separation at yeah. a certain point i'm writing and drawing from the experiences that i'm living and who i am and what i'm feeling and my fans know everything about me because of social media probably <laughs> and yeah. i have to you know you tour and you're there and you're part of it and that's part of the reason i changed my name in the first place i don't want there to be a separation because i don't want to feel like i have to be somebody else it's too much work well you changed your name for legal things like it was like a thing right a band existed yeah there was also <laughs> a legal and that so it kind of worked in both perspectives i mean there's a, another band and out of brooklyn yeah and um they're also on, females. I think they were on Drag City because I remember getting, I feel bad. I'm friends with the people at Drag City on some level. Oh, okay. I remember forwarding their press release to Gian. Oh. Hey, do you, do you know there's another band called Lights? And he's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Went, I wonder if that's where we're here to, oh, I yeah. I think he was like, yes, we're aware of this and we're, yeah. we're working on it. Yeah. yeah. Well, what, so what we and did was. And then you changed your name yeah, to Lights. Yeah. So it was part of kind of walking into just this, it was a nickname for mm -hmm. a long time. And then I just thought. I don't want to feel like I am someone else when I'm on stage because like I said, that's just too much effort yeah. and, and there's no separation in terms of the content that I'm writing about. So that worked. And, and if it was my first name, it would be different legal territory, I think, yeah. than if it was just a created name. So it, it worked out. Okay. Good for you. Yeah. Now I think we got to wrap up. We're in Halifax. You've got a show to play tonight. Yeah. I appreciate you making time. Of course. I was late. My plane was late. You just busted in here from the airport. Yeah, I got all my luggage and stuff. You still got here. your luggage in tow. <laughs> yeah. I got everything here. Ready for pop explosion. You're doing uh, this Pinktober thing. Yeah. Should we talk about that? We're yeah. almost, we, we're towards the end of October. I would, yeah, we're getting close to the end of it, but. Well, um, what is month, this thing? Yeah, the month of October is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness, Pinktober. Um, I'm the 2014 Hard Rock Ambassador for Pinktober, which is amazing. I'm very, very blessed to, to have been chosen for this because it's kind of crazy. It's a campaign all over the world. They have um, my photo in the shirt that if you buy 15% of proceeds, go to breast cancer oh, research. Nice. Um, all across the world. I'm getting tweets from fans, seeing it in Moscow and like, Tokyo and places I've never been. So the reach of the campaign is amazing. And I, I've seen some pretty, pretty shocking stats, you know, 625 women a day mm -hmm. get diagnosed. And the scary part for me was that um, in the U.S. alone, 28,000 women a year are under 25. And that's not something I ever would have considered. I'm, I'm 27 now. Yeah. So it, it kind of 
it kind of shook me up a little bit. I think when I first heard those things and especially after having met so many fans, whether it's at shows or communicating on social media, dealing with cancer and how devastating it is. It's yeah. really tough. So I, I just think anything people can do in this area is just awesome. No, it's good. And so it's Pinktober. What happens in November? Do they, they stop the thing? Well, the camp, the, the t-shirts probably aren't for sale anymore. And there's a uh-huh. sort of, there's an exclusive limited like collector's pin that you can get that percentage of proceeds go to breast cancer research as well okay. of course awareness should go on all the time but i think if it's in a month it yeah, helps yeah, yeah. focus it's november <laughs> yeah. i guess that's right we go from pinktober yeah. to the november yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. now in the past you've released kind of related uh records to your most recent record right this album little machines came out september i know in the past you put out like an acoustic yeah. version of one of your yeah. records um do you have any plans for other releases or other related releases? Or? I, you know, people have been asking me that a lot because yeah. I, I seem to always release acoustic versions of my records. It's just something I love doing. I don't know. Probably. I, I've already okay. started working out stuff. I mean, that stuff can come together pretty quickly because it, it's you, just me going in the studio doing it. You, you know? started already working on the ac- acoustic stuff, you mean? Well, just breaking down acoustic versions because, you know, when oh. I'm like, you know, having to throw and go in and play a little acoustic session somewhere, it's really easy. So right. I have to do the new material somewhere. I'm already figuring it all out and the best way to make it come across acoustically. So that's always an option. It's probably going to happen. It's already in your head. It's already in my head. You just have to, it's a matter of taking the yep. prep and maybe going just into a studio. Down. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and what about other stuff? Are you making, are you on your way to writing another record already? I know this thing just came out. Yeah, <laughs> well, and actually. And you've got the kid. Yeah. You're a very busy person. Yeah, there's a lot of touring. We have, this tour takes us till pretty much December. There's a bunch of stuff going on in December, and then uh, Europe, UK early next year, back in the States, back in Australia, so, oh, yeah. and all kinds of festivals next summer. So it's going to be a lot of touring, but, like, going back to writing, I'm trying to stay on top of keeping the flow, because... That was the problem and that was one of the reasons I kind of sunk into that writer's block area is because I wasn't keeping the muscle up and I realized how important that is. So constant writing actually is happening, believe it or not. What happens to those 32 songs that didn't make the cut for this record? I don't know. You know what? That's not even all of the songs that didn't make it over the course of my history. I mean, there's been hundreds of songs, right? And they'll just kind of dissipate and disappear into the air if, if they were never recorded or um in this case actually all 43 were recorded oh really so, yeah um demo quality but yeah yeah they're all there and who knows maybe i'll revisit some of them i mean there's some good stuff there and some not so good stuff there but uh <laughs> yeah there's, <laughs> there's a reason stuff. they got cut I'm exactly sure. exactly but, uh, you get to pick the cream of the crop all right cool well yeah. i wish you the best of luck with all of this stuff and thank you thanks for making time again uh of for course. more information about lights Iamlights.com. Iamlights.com. Yeah. And is there a song from this uh, Little Machines record we can play for people? Yeah, play, uh, I don't know, if, if I could pick one, pick Muscle, play Muscle Memory. Muscle Memory? Yeah. Why did that come to mind? Um, this, interestingly enough, um, when I first wrote this song, I was unsure of what I thought of it. I was just like, okay, well, this song's good. You know, I wrote it with Drew Pearson, who ended up producing the record. And I, I was just like, okay, it's another song. Um, I was unsure of where I was at. And then everyone that heard it after that, including Gian, were like, I love this. Gian's like, this reminds me of Kate Bush, who I was super inspired by this oh, wow. entire record. So, um, I ended up revisiting the song and amping it up. And now it's one of my favorites to play live. And it's a blast. I meant to ask you this. You mentioned Kate Bush. And yeah. I, I know we got to go. Is there like an artist that is your main artist? Like the one you're like, I got to go see that person. I got to buy the record no matter what. It's Bjork. 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 Huh. Definitely. I mean, she's my jam. She's such a inspiration. She does her thing. She has no genre, which I think is cool. Yeah. You can't categorize her either. And I think that's pretty cool. Okay. Did you like Tanya Tagak when you saw her? I thought that was, un- that was so crazy. She was like a warrior. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. She's unbelievable. You know, she's collaborated with. Bjork. I, I imagine so. I actually didn't know that, but I, it reminded me a lot of a Bjork, Canadian Bjork. 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 Well, it's the other way around. 
I must say, Bjork heard Tanya Tagak and was like, what the hell? You're kidding me. Brought her over when she was like young, like 20 years ago. You're kidding. She brought her to Iceland, started working with her, collaborating, and then sort of, sort of aped her. Wow. I, I have no say, idea. It's the opposite. Opposite way. Wow. That's, <laughs> that's blowing my mind right now. Yeah. Yeah. There's a whole thing. I, that's crazy. We'll talk about it when we have more time. Yeah. That's but, unreal. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, this is Muscle Memory. Yeah. And we'll play it. Listen Lights, it. thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Soldier at his post You're calling my-
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.